before we get started with the podcast, I want to tell you something I'm really pumped about this fall. So many leaders are struggling. We understand. We feel challenged as a team. Churches feel challenged. Nonprofits feel squeezed. Businesses don't know how they're going to recover. And if that's you, I want to invite you to be encouraged alongside of us at the Healthy Leaders Summit, October 5th through 8th. We want to speak directly into the challenges you're feeling right now. It's hard to get healthy and stay healthy in this season, but we want to help you. This isn't just one more online conference. This is an online experience. We believe you'll be encouraged. You'll be equipped. We have some incredible thought leaders, authors, speakers, pastors, business leaders coming to you like Mark Batterson, Sam Collier, Jenny Katrin, Pete Scazzaro, Katie Cole, the Hottie Lewis. We're also going to hear from Jimmy Miato from Compassion International about the succession plan, why it is working so well. Guys, fascinating conversations with some incredible people. You do not want to miss this. Here's what's cool is you get to watch this from home or you could watch this in the boardroom. You could watch this with your team, with a friend, with somebody else or completely by yourself. We want to encourage you to set aside a day on the 5th through the 8th, maybe two days, maybe all four days as kind of a study leave, as kind of a break to be refilled after the September push. Guys, we know you're tired and we want to encourage you to block off this time on the calendar, to dedicate these few days to be refilled in your leadership, in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. You do not want to miss this. For as little as five bucks, you can attend. So go to healthyleaderssummit.com. The registration is live. It is live right now. So go get this, share this with a friend. We can't wait. We will see you at the Healthy Leaders Summit, October 5th through 8th. We are pumped. JR, great to have you on today, man. Always good to be with you, Alan. Great to be back on the show. Thanks for having me again. Well, I can say I'm proud of my big bro. Your new book, The Sacred Overlap, Learning to Live Faithfully in the Space Between, Two reasons uh, that I love this cover. It's so visual. I'm a visual learner. I love simple. Uh, You'll talk a little bit more about some of the both and throughout this book, but it also looks like the very hungry caterpillar. And I love those books uh, growing up. (laughs) And so I just, I love the the art here. Um, But, you know, I told you this before we hit record, uh, but I think it's your best. You've written several books before, but I love the perspective on both the educated um, piece of learning from church history, learning from books, resources put together, and just your own curiosity. Here's Mm. who I love in Jesus, and here's who perplexes me in Jesus. So I I definitely think we need this book right now in this moment. We didn't know when you started writing this about COVID. We didn't know about the political division, but we need this message right now. So uh, first things first, I mean, maybe the biggest question I have today, I opened the book and was immediately disappointed. It was not dedicated to me. (laughs) <laughs> it was dedicated to my nephews, your sons. Yes. So, yes. I mean, first of all, what's up with that? <laughs> Sorry to offend you, Alan, but uh, yeah, I, I it took me a while to figure out who to dedicate the book to, actually. And I thought, you know, I really do want my sons to grow up to live in this in this healthy tension of following Jesus. And so it kind of became a, a prayer uh, and it was kind of fun, you know, traditionally you always give whoever you dedicated the book, the first copy to. So copies number one and two went to Carter and Bennett. So that was, that was kind of fun. I don't know if they've read it yet. I don't know if they will. They're 13 and 10, but hopefully one day they'll read it. (laughs) That's that's so cool. We're always talking about new ideas. um, And it seems like probably every conversation we have 
can turn into a thread, that can turn into a book. You've got tons of ideas. Why this? Why'd you need to write this message and why'd you need to write it now? It's a great question. Um, actually, this came about as a breakout session at a Fresh Expressions National Gathering, an organization I serve with. And uh, the, I, I believe the name of the breakout was how to move from hanging out with people to helping them explore Jesus. And it just felt like, how do we make that jump from we're building trust with people who are far from Jesus to like, how do you begin to dip your toes into the pool of discipleship? And it was through that that I began to say, wow, there's a lot of these overlapping tensions we have to find. We don't just sort of end one and then go to another, that there's a bleeding from one into the other, a weaning on, a weaning off. And I then began to look in scripture and notice, man, there's all these either, these both ands when we've been taught to be in these either or mindsets. And uh, Alan, you know, I love my tattoo that's on my right arm of a Venn diagram. I'm obsessed with Venn diagrams. And so I began to then, as a visual learner as well, begin to realize Jesus lives in the middle of these Venn, di- Venn diagrams all the time. There's an overlap that he lives into. And if that's where he's at, then we better follow him into that overlap. And that makes us very uncomfortable, especially for those of us who grew up in evangelical churches where we were told, no, no, it's either this or that. And you don't you know, nor the, never the twain shall meet. And so that's when I really began to, to really tease this out a little bit more and say, this is making me uncomfortable, but in all the right ways. Tension. That's the word I heard throughout the book, that overlap in the middle um, that you can share just, just a little bit about. Uh, right now, we need that. I mean, it is, it's unbelievable. We're in the midst of a political season that is charged and divided and it seems like not only you're with this party or you're with that party, but if you pick this idea and you're passionate, then that means, of course, you hate everyone else on the other side. It is unbelievable the level of polarization, even within the church, different tribes, flinging things at each other. And I just feel like this is the moment we need to rediscover tension. There's a third way is another thing I heard, the, the beautiful both and in the middle And you use this phrase that kind of living in the way of Jesus, we end up being uh, too pagan for some and too Christian for others. Can you explore that deeper? Yeah, actually, it was from Dick Staub, who was a speaker that uh, Megan and I, my wife, and then at the time, girlfriend, we went to a college retreat at a camp in in central Michigan uh, for college students. And he said this line that just grabbed me by the throat and has never let go. He said, yeah, when we faithfully follow Jesus, we'll be too Christian for our pagan friends and too pagan for our Christian friends. And it, it's going to mean that we feel a little bit homeless with people. And that's really hard. And you mentioned some of the, the cultural lies that were told, right? The first lie is that if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, you must fear them or hate them. And the second is that you, if you love someone, it means you have to agree with everything that they believe and do. And so what we find is that these divisive, bifurcated worlds that we're told to go into, Jesus says there's a different narrative. Jesus, the Pharisees tried to force him into these either-or boxes, and he refused to do it. And I think that's part of his brilliance. I mean, I love the story, you know, when he said, hand me a coin. You know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's. He refused to go either-or, and he said, both and. Um, you know, he's fully God and fully man. He is committed to justice and mercy, right? We're told in John 4, the woman at the well, to worship in spirit and truth. So the, when you go through the list of those, it becomes uncomfortable because we realize, my goodness, Jesus is a lot. He is the great either or. Let me be very clear about that. This is not some 
universal Christ understanding. Um, he is the great either or. But once we submit our entire lives to his kingdom and his rule and reign, then he invites us into these overlapping spaces, which make us very uncomfortable, which means we're going to have to trust the Holy Spirit. And this is not something that I made up. This is stuff that uh, the more I read my Bible, the more I began to see it, the more uncomfortable I, I became. Nothing has messed with my theology more than reading my Bible. And uh, this has really messed with me in the process of reading, my, reading the scriptures. There are dozens of these both ands throughout the book and throughout scripture. Are there a few that fascinate you the most about Jesus? Yeah, I think that the idea of the incarnation, I just can't get over. If you try to solve the incarnation with logic, it doesn't work. Yeah, good luck. 100% man, 100% God, that, that's 200%. It just doesn't work. And so the mystery of the incarnation is something that just absolutely fascinates me. So that's why there's a whole chapter just on that. The other one is the idea of, uh, I really, uh, you know, as a wordsmith, I just love when you land on the right word. And for me, it's the word peculiar, that we are not called to be normal people, right? In fact, the world has seen too many normal Christians just, just kind of falling in line and not sticking out. Like we're called to be different, but if we're so different, we're weird. I mean, that's just such a turnoff on this. And we don't need, you know, Christian Oompa Loompas that are walking around um, just being weird. And so what's that space between being normal and being weird? I think it's the word peculiar, and peculiar brings about curiosity and about, I can't quite categorize you. And what is this about? And when I see or smell something peculiar, I want to lean in and say, I, I can't quite identify that, but I'm intrigued and I need to find out. I think that's what the world needs to do to respond to people who are peculiar, attractively peculiar in the way of Jesus. So those are the two, the incarnation and being peculiar people uh, are the ones that stick out to me the most. I just heard, don't be a Christian Oompa Loompa. I love that, that image right there. But there's, again, these are the things I think our hearts are longing for. It's hard to put into words. And I think the book puts that into words, that there is space. There is a third option. And I believe, not just politically, but I believe relationally to mend this divide that we have right now, um, we're going to have to find a third way or a third option. Um, are there a few of these both ends you believe we desperately need right now in this moment of division and just cultural intensity that we're in? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned earlier the lie that we believe, the lies that we believe. I think that's a big one. I, I th that is what the political spectrum is trying to force us into. That's uh, most causes or agendas right now. You name the agenda, it's you're either here or here. And I just, I think that framework is so important to realize um, that Jesus invites us into something that supersedes, that transcends these two. And that's the most important thing, that we submit our lives to the kingdom, not to a cause or to a side. And, and I'm not trying to, like, avoid difficult issues. That's certainly not what this is about. But what we are trying to understand is that if we, if we play by the rules of the world, we'll be pushed into division of either or. But if we submit our lives to the kingdom, which transcends, that's bigger. So, I mean, I, I just think there's all sorts of, I mean, there, there's no issue I can think of where the transcendent view of the kingdom doesn't apply. And I think that framework and that assumption is so important. 
And, and I think we pray that when we pray the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's that it's not just simply a, a change of phrase. It's a change of mindset when we say our job is not to take earth to heaven when we die. It's to bring heaven to earth as we live. That's what we're praying. And that's not just a little nuanced phrase. That's a massive rework of, of everything that we think of. And so if we pray that, if we mean that, then we live a different way of saying, how can heaven and earth overlap? Or as the rabbis would say, how can heaven and earth kiss? Because when heaven and earth kiss, those are, even the Celts called those thin places when there's that overlap space. So I'm not the first to write about this. I mean, Eastern Orthodox Church has been writing about this for centuries. Um, it's just that our Western modern mindset here in North America, we can't handle mystery, paradox, uh, ambiguity, yet that's exactly what Jesus invites us into. Yeah. yeah, it feels like this whole 2020 has been a sacred overlap, right? And well, it's I, been an overlap. I'm not sure it's always been sacred. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, there's been a lot of secular in it. There's been a lot of frustration. But even, even in, I think most leaders that I talk to would say, this has been one of the best and worst years. Like this has messed me up and I needed it and it slowed me down and it punched me in the gut. And yet it's been refreshing. And so even in that, I don't know that I've heard a conversation with a leader that's said, oh, it's been 100% bad and it's just wrecked me. Or that, oh, it's been great. Of course we can't just say, oh, everything's been great. People are literally dying around the world. And yet there's some level of new freshness that we've needed in that break-in. So I've seen 2020 as a massive overlap for me that I could say, let me tell you both sides of this. It's been incredibly hard. And also I needed it. And I just didn't know that within my soul, I was sort of breathing for this justice and peace. That's a big one in the book. All right. Uh, Justice and peace. I read and thought, Ooh, we need this conversation right now. So how did Jesus live in the overlap of justice and peace? And how can we today in this divided moment? Yeah, great. It even goes back prior to that, you know, the most famous verse from Micah, right? A lot of us quote Micah 6, 8. That's a three-element Venn diagram, to do justly, to love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. And I think if we're really honest about this justice conversation, um, that we've seen a lot of people do two out of three of those, but not three out of three of those. They'll do justly and love mercy, but they'll do it absent and divorced from being rooted in wanting to walk humbly with God, not walk with God, walk humbly with God, or they'll walk humbly with God and love mercy, but not really want to do justly or walk humbly with God and do justly, but not doing it in a merciful way. So we've got to be all three of those. That conversation is important. And that will sometimes overlap us with those that have no faith context where we will link arms with them. But there are times where we need to say, you know what, this is where we differ because your motive of why you want justice is different than my motive. And we've got to be clear and we've got to be kind in in how we do that as well. And I think it goes to another Venn diagram not found in the book, but the idea of faithful presence is we have to find, we can't just be detached people and stick our heads in the sand like ostriches and just say, well, I just won't worry about it. On the other side, we can't go into enmeshment where we're just so enmeshed with the culture that we can't. So we've got to live in this sort of detached and yet not entrenched or enmeshed that we've got to find this faithful presence of living there in the middle. So a lot of this is posture, but this, this idea of justice is so important. What we do and also how we do it, what we say and how we say it. 
So that's another overlap that needs to be so important. Um, I love what the Puritans said. They had that phrase, God loveth adverbs, that how we do things really matters. We can do the right thing the wrong way, and it can become the wrong thing, even in conversations uh, and actions regarding justice. So as a leader, this is really hard, which is why I encourage every leader. There's no prayer that I'm praying more besides the Lord's Prayer in, in the last six months than a prayer of asking for wisdom, courage, and compassion. We need all three. So I say, Lord, make me wise, make me courageous, make me compassionate. Because if I have wisdom and courage, but no compassion, I'm careless, as in like without care. If I have compassion and courage, but without wisdom, I can be reckless. But if I have compassion and and wisdom, but no courage, I can be riskless. But when I have wisdom, courage, and compassion all together, that's priceless. And I think that's the invitation to live into that overlapping space as kingdom leaders in this season. Here's another one that really stuck out. This whole wise as serpents, innocent as doves. How can that flesh out today in this moment? Yeah, well, I think we've seen people that major in one and minor in the other and vice versa, <laughs> where, uh, man, they're they're really good. They're really strategic. They're really able to leverage things, but it's not with purity of heart or motive. And uh, it can be quite deceitful and very manipulative. And I think we've seen leaders who are incredibly shrewd, but incredibly manipulative, which leads to abuse and a lack of erosion of trust. On the other side, we, we see those bless your heart kind of people where they just are so kind hearted, but they just don't have the emotional intelligence or they just don't have the strategic wherewithal, the love God with all your mind <laughs> kind of thing. And uh, so I, I, it is so important that we do both. And Jesus did both. And I think that word shrewd is so hard because shrewd is sort of, oh, he's so shrewd. And we, we give it a pejorative uh, sort of posture and, and, and tone to it. But really, shrewd is actually a wonderful thing to be able to know when to act at the right time for the right reason to do the right thing. That, yeah. We need more shrewdness in our world today. Yeah, that's right. There's so much nuance right now. Another big word that seems to be on the rise again, which is encouraging, is discernment. Mm-hmm. of just, I don't know how to discern what's coming at me. I don't know how to discern what is even true or not, whether it's facts and figures and numbers uh, around Corona, whether it is politically, I don't even know what is fake news and what is real news. And uh, just even, I've been talking to my kids about fake news and they're like, how are people allowed to say things that are lies? It's like, it turns out they travel really well. So I think if we can also, if we're parents, raising our kids in this sacred overlap of discernment, is huge right now. I mean, the, the conversations we have to have with nuance. Um, this diagram right here it just struck me as one of, of life engagement, being and doing. We mix this up. Um, you and I and Stay Forth Designs and Kairos Partnerships, incredibly passionate about the health of leaders. How does mixing this process up, living to one side or the other, impact us negatively as leaders, maybe lead toward burnout lead to a performance mindset? How can we go wrong around life engagement? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've seen so many leaders that are all about do, do, do all the time, and then they burn out, right? That's a lot of do, do. Yeah. (laughs) When we see people on the other side where they just want to reflect and sit in the coffee shop and journal all day, but look, decisions, uh, leaders are paid to make decisions, right? So, 
there has to be that balance. And we see Jesus doing that, right? We see him out all the time doing this. I mean, the book of Mark is just action, action, action all the time of what Jesus was up to. The crowds are pressing in. I mean, it's such an action-packed book. But at the other side of things, we see Jesus reflecting and slipping away from the crowd and avoiding the crowd and telling people, don't tell anybody what I just did. Just keep it a secret. And we see him, the disciples say, where are you? We've been looking all over for you. Well, he needed to be with his father. And so this idea of action, reflection, action, reflection has to be a part of who we are. Um, Gas pedal, brake pedal. And we've seen leaders certainly who have crashed and burned. And I think this has been such a time where the pedal's been to the metal for leaders that I really want to encourage leaders in this season that this is a time to use the brake. And that may be the healthiest thing long-term for us is for you to pump the brakes here um, because we don't need you crashing into the wall right now. That's the last thing we need in leaders. We've talked dozens of times about this, this cycle of learning and the needing to unlearn and needing to relearn something you're deeply passionate about and you practice very well. Um, I'm curious over the last five or so years, you reference a ton in the book that you've had to unlearn a lot in order to relearn and really, to, in order to write this message from the book, you had to unlearn. I'm curious, what are three or four of those things that you had to unlearn in order to really relearn this new posture and to be able to see the sacred overlap? Yeah, well, as you know, Alan, I'm as an Enneagram one, I like certainty and I like perfection. And so this has been my, my whole life, the, the unlearning of learning to live a little bit more in the gray on that has been, and you know, I'm far from from perfect even on that and have a long way to go. But I think that just feeling very, being okay with feeling misunderstood has been a long journey. That is one of the hardest things for leaders is to be misunderstood. When we live in the middle, we're going to be shot at from both sides. In fact, Tim Keller says, sometimes that's confirmation we're doing it right. (laughs) And so I I think for me, the transformation has been the unlearning of saying, look, I'm not going to please everybody. All the Enneagram numbers nine through or two through nine know that, but the ones are the slow learners when it comes to that. But that's that's a big one of just knowing I'm not going to please everybody. I'm going to disappoint people. You know, Jesus was willing to disappoint everyone except his father, which for people pleasing uh, individuals, that that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. So that's that's the thing is being misunderstood and not pleasing everyone. Um, and the second thing is. Yeah, just just being willing to to step back and say, before I rush to judgment here, what would it mean to to live in this overlap? I, I've known the Lord's Prayer for a long time. I talk about being prayer shamed in the book in sixth grade, um, but uh, about not knowing the Lord's Prayer when I was in sixth grade. But I will tell you, there are times I still wonder if I know it. I'm still, do I really grasp the spiritual TNT in the words that I'm praying? And so I'm even unlearning the idea that, oh, I've got this Lord's Prayer down pat, um, that I'm still finding new layers of it uh, in all of this. So, um, I mean, there's, there's always layers, big and small, of what, is, what does unlearning look like. Um, I think, too, the ongoing lesson that every leader must wrestle with is the idea that, um, that more is better. And uh, really believing that more than the tagline, it's true that less is more. And so what does it mean to, for me to be more rested, more present, and maybe even more fruitful by me doing less, not more in this season? So um, I think that's, those, are, those are a few things that come to mind in terms of the unlearning. But I hope I, I, hope I never stop unlearning. 
I really don't. In fact, I, I think when you look at the disciples, I'm not sure they learned a whole lot. But I think what they did is did a whole bunch of unlearning of who they thought God was and what the Messiah would look like. And I think that maybe our discipleship may be more formed in the days ahead by a willingness to enter into a journey of unlearning, inaccurate, anemic, and unhelpful ways of viewing God, uh, his church, his world, his kingdom, uh, than it is about learning new information. Probably the hardest overlap or both and for me to, to understand and comprehend, I mean, mind-blowing is when I just simply ask mom, like, I'm your favorite kid, right? <laughs> and when she says, no, both of, both of you are. I'm like, that's impossible. I mean, that's you know, not what she tells me, but I'm glad really? that's what she says to you. So, oh, okay. Well, you, you know, she always tells me I'm the best. Maybe we'll She says, to, don't tell your brother. Oops, sorry. I we'll have to bring her on you. here. That's new information <laughs> to me. She's always told me both and, which I thought was a mystery. <laughs> Too much mystery for me. Um, man, it's really fun to watch you. Uh, Monday morning pastor and the podcast there. Continue to encourage leaders that's so close to the heart of us at Stay Forth Designs. Um, just some of the things that you have your hand in with fresh expressions. It's just, it is a terrifying time to be alive. And we've talked about that word, terrifying and exciting. Um, feel fully Which alive. made its way in the book, man. It made its way in the book. And I gave you credit. I gave you credit. So There's incredible opportunity right now. Both The both and, right? And there's opportunity to innovate in this moment. There's opportunity to lean in. But we also have to just be honest that it's been really hard and that change is both of those things. And so uh, as you are listening, as you are watching, um, to say we get it, and we are not saying, yes, this is all good. Charge ahead. Change is hard. It takes grief before there is opportunity. And there is loss before we lean into the opportunity. Uh, and I think that's all over this book. So would highly encourage you to pick up a copy of The Sacred Overlap. I think it could be great as well for team discussion. I think it leads well to discussion, not just because, hey, discussion questions like every book has uh, in the back. I actually think the topics are great for pulling apart and you present it in a way, again, that, that is uh, depolarized in the best sense. Um, I've been fascinated with this question. If, if we could just zoom out from this moment that we've been so zoomed into, you know, 10 years from now, what do you hope people say about how you lived and led through 2020? Yeah, it's a question that I've thought about quite a bit. Um, I hope people say that, especially my family, that I was more present than almost any time, that we still had fun. Um, that we processed through very important uh, topics, but we also laughed a lot and made memories. Um, I, I hope that's there. I hope leaders are able to say, you deepen my trust with Christ, in Christ and you helped me grow in wisdom in exploring what it means to follow Jesus. Um, this has been an incredibly creative season for me. I didn't necessarily think like nervous energy would turn into such creativity, but it has. And uh, I'm really grateful for that. So I hope I can look back 10 years from now on some of the new creative projects that have come about and are still coming about and say, man, that was worthwhile, not for myself, but that the arrows were pointed out and that creativity was able to bless other people and equip them further to be leaders, but more importantly, to be followers, followers of Jesus. Well, friends, if you're listening to this, you've survived. You survived a crazy season of life and leadership. What's clear to me right now is we are in the wilderness. We've gone off the path, 
and we are bushwhacking through the wilderness, trying to find trails and asking, what is ahead? What is this new different that we are stepping into in late summer and fall and beyond? And truthfully, we don't know. We don't know how this thing is going to move, what decisions we're going to have to make. But I will tell you this, it will require strong leadership. It will require decisions of you that you haven't made before. And I want to walk alongside of you in your leadership journey. I call myself a mountain guide for the leadership journey. And guys, as you navigate the wilderness, let me remind you, don't do this alone. Don't do this alone. Me and our other Stay Forth coaches are here to help you as you navigate these treacherous times as we head into the great unknown. Whether you are a business leader, a ministry leader, nonprofit leader, pastor, if you are a kingdom leader, you're going to continue to have to navigate tough decisions. Now, I know that coaching can be expensive to invest in our 10 tools and 10 sessions coaching process, but we've created an alternative for you that's a coaching subscription. You can pay on a monthly basis. We have a basic plan and a hearty plan. I'll walk alongside of you with regular coaching sessions, check-ins over the phone, and in-time decision-making. You know that decision that you have to make that week and you're feeling the pressure of? How good would it feel to have somebody in your corner to help you make those decisions? Also have some communication with you on Marco Polo for those back and forth in between. So we believe that this can help us care for leaders even better in this season to help you make your next right step and for us to be a little bit more accessible than just a call every week or every other week. So this coaching subscription, you can find out more about this. It's got an easy price point, honestly, a great entry point for coaching. It's not right for everybody, but some of you listening could gain so much from this coaching subscription as we continue to navigate the wilderness heading into the fall. Check out more on this at stayforth.com backslash coaching. Again, check out our coaching subscription. Spots are limited, but I would love to walk alongside of you in your leadership journey. Shine, shine, we ain't focused so long.